Is it fair to your kids that instead of getting $250,000 a piece, that they only get $230,000 a piece because you're wanting to give Jackson something? You know what I'm saying? I think that my kids potentially could even look at it and say, I don't understand why my sibling got the same amount I got. Yes. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 243 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. If you're listening to this, you survived another week. (laughs) Yes, you did. You should give yourself an ice cream for that. (laughs) It's not National Ice Cream Day, David. It's always National Ice Cream Day. (laughs) All right. So before we get started, I do want to mention that we have the Nacho Kids Academy. We can give you the help you need to make sure that you are nachoing properly and to improve your rate of success with nachoing. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like Weight Watchers. We can hold you accountable. We're not going to make you weigh. Don't worry about that. (laughs) But we give you the tools to help you be successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I like to liken it to working out. I don't know why I always do that because there's a lot of similarities. But, you know, even if you're at the gym, you're like, well, I know how to curl a weight. But it's very different when somebody is standing there training you. They can see things you can't see. They can see angles you can't see. And sometimes I talk about fighting. Like there's a reason why coaches are on the outside of the ring watching the fight and then telling the fighter what to do to adjust for the next round. They can see things. They're not in the fight. So it's a huge benefit to have somebody that's not in the fight seeing it from a different angle. Right. It's like a therapist. They're not emotionally involved in the situation so they can see things you can't. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Or a life coach, which we are. But anyway, today, David, let's talk about wheels. Like the wheels on the bus go round and round. No, (laughs) not that song. (laughs) Oh, man. You can tell I got grandkids because we do that song a lot. (laughs) Well, we actually went to Georgia and one of the grandkids, that's the only way you could get him to quit crying. The only way. Like, he could be crying up a storm, and you go, the wheels on the bus, and he would just stop. Yeah. He's, for some reason, he's infatuated with wheels. But anyway, I guess we're talking about... Like, Wait a minute. Lap. I want to finish telling my wheel story. Oh, t- okay. Keep going. So we went to Georgia, and we had sweet little baby Gideon in the car, and he was crying. It's a four-and-a-half-hour trip. We sang the wheels on the bus and different renditions of wheels on the bus <laughs> for at least four of those hours. It got yeah. a little crazy, folks. Yeah, we came up with all kind of people that was on the bus. <laughs> yep. There was all kind of people on there the bus. There was unsavory folks on the bus. <laughs> unsavory, yep. There was a lot of unsavory people on the bus. <laughs> Doing unsavory things on the bus. <laughs> yep. And, of course, this is before he started repeating what you said, so it was good. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, yes, go ahead, David, with what you were going to say. Well, I was going to say, I'm guess, I guess we're talking about wills as in, you know, last wills and testaments kind of thing. Correct. Cool. Let's talk about it. 
We've talked about wills before. In fact, in the academy, we have a state planning attorney mm-hmm. on there to talk about wills and such. Right. But we had a lady post a question in our Facebook group that says, talk to me about wills and end-of-life planning. DH and I have been married for so many years. Kids are such and such. I make substantially more than my husband. Husband will be livid if there's even a hint of me not wanting to split equally between the three. Hmm. Her two stepkids and her bio kid. Looking to understand how others have handled similar situations. Okay. All right. Tough situation. Mm -hmm. Well, we all know when people die, people go crazy and get greedy. Oh, yeah. Everybody's standing at the trough. Right. Like, just waiting to see what they get. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I already told, like, all my kids, you ain't getting nothing. (laughs) So, now, whether they do or not is another thing, but I'm setting the expectation (laughs) that you ain't getting nothing. Yep. Well, my daddy says we ain't getting nothing because he done gave it all to my niece. uh, There's some truth in that. For me, from the standpoint of leaving things to people, I just have the philosophy personally that I'm not working to provide for future generations, for example. Like, you know, my, my gift to my kids is giving them a better starting point than I had. Right. Not, uh, when I die, you're going to become wealthy or you're going to get all this stuff that I spent my entire life trying to, you know, to, to build up. I mean, there's going to be things they'll get, obviously I can't take the things with me, but as far as, you know, this massive nest egg of monies and all that, I mean, especially as long as you're alive, they're not going to get, get any of that kind of stuff and they shouldn't look for it. And whether they get anything or not, it really depends on when I die and what I have when I die. <laughs> when the game's over, that's all that matters. <laughs> well, I think a lot of this comes from back in the day, people inherited land. Mm-hmm. And the house. Right. And yeah. there were trusts set up if the families were financially well off and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, nowadays, that's rare that people have that land. And it's really rare that people have the money outside of life insurance to give to whoever they want to give it to. Right. And <laughs> I think yesterday we were talking about uh, a funeral plot, a graveyard plot. <laughs> being yeah. the, this is the only piece of land we're going to give to you. <laughs> well, that's what I said I was going to tell Jackson because I've got the plot that my mom had that's beside my grandmother and grandfather. And I think there's actually two plots. But anyway, I keep forgetting I need to put them in my name. And I said, well, I'll just leave them to Jackson and say, here, I was able to give you some land. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um so I mean, everybody's got a different way they look at these things. Now, in this particular situation we're talking about, I I can speak from our experience and what we've decided to do. I can speak from the experience of others that I know of, but it it does become something where it's just a conversation that you and your significant other have to have and come to some type of agreement on what that looks like. Now, I want to say, David... I don't think you and I ever sat down and had a conversation about this. I don't I don't know that we did either. 
I think it's similar to the fact we never had a conversation of if our exes didn't want or couldn't take the kids, that it was automatically understood that we would get the kids. Yeah. I, for for us, there there were things that we almost just knew. Like, this is this doesn't make sense. And, and mm-hmm. I'm not bashing somebody when I say this, but for me and you, it didn't make sense for me to expect that you're going to give my kid something if you pass or that I'm going to give your kid something when I pass. Whenever that is, could be today, could be 30 more years from now. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But but we didn't have that. In fact, I do recall one time I had said something to you about child support. And maybe this is why we had that expectation and didn't really talk about it much. As I told you, Whenever it was, it was really early on, but I remember saying something to the effect of, I want you to know that I don't expect Jackson's child support to be mixed in with the family bills or family income or, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's not my money to spend. It's not the family money to spend on bills. It's for Jackson's child support. Right. And as much as I had to go to court, how much of that child support did I actually get? Right. But yeah. <laughs> but I made that very clear. Like I don't, I'm not looking at whatever you're getting from child support as this is part of our income. We right. we didn't adjust our spending based on that. We didn't use that money based on that. It was never something that I ever looked at and said, "Well, you got child support money coming in. Let's use that to buy a car, for example." Right. It right. just it never was. And so, kind of, if you extend that same thought process out, it become something that you would also think, well, that would also apply to wheels, right? Right. So that that's the way we handled it. And it's it's just a thing that I, I in this particular post here, obviously if if the person, if the two people decided that's what they wanted to do, the stepkids get stuff, then then do it. But that's not what they're saying. They're saying <laughs> The buyer they don't parent, want to, and the buyer parent's going to be pissed bu- off. Right. The buyer parent has an expectation that they're, the, the bio kids, his kids, are getting something, and she's like, I, uh, I'm not so sure about that. Yeah. I don't want to uh, do that. I also remember, David, when my mom died, one of your kids asked you what she left him. Really? You don't remember that? I don't remember it, but it doesn't surprise me none. Yeah. The oldest triplet. we're talking in code now, asked you, well, what did Mammy leave me Mm. or leave us? And I'm thinking, well, depending on the will, she didn't even leave my kid anything. Yeah, true. But, and when I say depending on the will, it's because we found 50 different letters (laughs) written at different times of, if if my life insurance is this much, then this, if this, then this. (laughs) It, It was a mess. But, so don't do that to your family, by the way. But I remember you explained to him, and he seemed okay with it, but he really did think that he should get something. Well, I understand maybe why he thought that, because he's always heard when people die, people get money, right? Mm, Yeah, usually. But I didn't even get anything. My mom chose to leave her financial stuff to my niece and my nephew. Yeah, and then she gave you power of attorney to, to pull your hair out. <laughs> yeah. And I had to help sell the house, clean the house. I had to do all the work 
but didn't get any and David, work. And David. Well, you you helped a little bit, yes, but for the most part, it was me out there at night after work trying to go through stuff. <laughs> yeah. Whole another story. And now I just will say she left me a clock. Thank you, Mama. <laughs> but I didn't expect anything. But at the same time, I don't think it was fair how she did things. But that was her choice. She left my niece and nephew stuff because she knew my sister wouldn't be able to provide for them. Yeah. So we say this, and I'm going off on a tangent with this too. We've also noticed that here lately that instead of parents leaving stuff to kids, they're leaving it to the grandkids. Oh, yeah. I have noticed that. Matter of fact, I had a conversation with my parents about it. Yeah. And uh, it, it was shocking because I kind of brought it up, not knowing that might have been something they were thinking about. And it was. They're like, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, wait a minute here. And it's you're, not that I. You're just going to skip a generation. Yeah. And it's not that. It's not that I care about the possessions as much as we have a situation where we all live on the same, basically the same parcel of land. And so I'm hypersensitive, as, as is my sister slash neighbor, <laughs> mm-hmm. hypersensitive to what happens to that land because you give it to a kid who's like, I don't need this. I'll sell it. Well, guess what? Now we've got neighbors that we don't necessarily want to have because there's a reason why we're living on family land. Right. <laughs> and so for me, it was, look, you can't, you can't do that. Oh, I don't want you to do that. Certainly they can. It would, it would simply just make me have to choose to move. But, you know, I had a conversation with them and I was like, look, if, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. It's, it's yours. You can do what you want to with it. But I would like for you to consider giving it to me and my sister, you can do what you want to with the rest of the stuff, but the land piece, that really affects my life, what you do with that. Right. And so we've had that conversation, and we're honestly, we're still having that conversation to a degree because it's it's just complex in dealing with how to do it and when to do it and all that. And, it's, and so at least the conversation has started. Right. And we can figure that out. My sister and I both, you know, we've kind of, Y'all are in agreement. Yeah, we're like, dude, we're not fighting over this stuff. Just, and she and I get along perfectly fine. So, I, even if they passed, she and I both have this same mindset of, I'm not fighting you over it. If that's the way you want to be with it, you just have it. And I'll walk away. We're mm-hmm. not. We're not. We're, we're not going to be confrontational with each other. We've never been. Well, <laughs> when we were younger, we were very confrontational. But, uh, but I'm not worried about that piece of it. So that's a long way to say have conversations early and certainly if you can go ahead and divvy stuff out while you're alive. Now I know that has to be typically something later in life when you're 50, 60, 70 years old, you start divvying stuff out if you want to and not have to worry about what happens in a wheel. Right. So from a step family standpoint, it's always just been a given with us. Like we said, that if I die, pretty much you get everything mm-hmm. except for a few things. And I do have a an investment set aside for Jackson. And even 
you know, so like, okay, say you've got a 401k or an IRA. Mm -hmm. I may have that set up where, okay, Jackson gets 10% of that and you get 90%. Mm -hmm. Just to be able to leave him something. Because I don't have a house to leave him. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. And I don't have land to leave him because that's yours. But now, granted, I understand it is our house. And if you die, you're not leaving the house to the kids, and I'm getting booted out. Right. If you die, I get the house. Well, even the way I look at it on the house situation, even if I were to die and you're not even in the mix, I can't very well leave it to four kids. Like The only way to quote-unquote make it fair would be to sell sell, sell the house, and then you have to split the money. Right, which, again, it's on family land. Right. And you, you know, have to take into account, what if your sister has left her house to one of her kids? Yeah. Like, the family land thing really complicates things. So, anyway, go ahead. Uh, I think, from my perspective, and, and my opinion, and certainly what we've decided to do, I think it's unreasonable for a bio-parent to expect that the step-parent is going to leave something for the step-kids. Right. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying the just to default expect it, I think, is unreasonable. Right. So, personally, I don't have it set up where your kids get anything. But I also don't have a million-dollar life insurance policy. Yeah. Because my philosophy is you ain't getting rich when I die, David. Well, it's all depends. <laughs> yeah. Well, life insurance, I've never looked at life insurance as like a windfall profit or I'm purchasing this so that it can supply your needs for right. the rest of your life or something like that. So, Or to supply money for your kids. Right. So for me, life insurance is to cover... Expenses. You know, your, yeah, your expenses, your basic needs or whatever to give you time to adjust. You know, the older you get, the less life insurance you should have because mm-hmm. you don't, you probably don't have a mortgage anymore. Hopefully, you know, your more things are paid off. Your living expenses are less. You don't have as many people that are relying on you. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was, when my kids were younger, more people were relying on me and the expense of those people that were relying on me was higher. Well, now my kids are out. They have their own jobs. It's not the same. So I, you know, there's a there's just a, a big difference between the way I see it and the way some other people see it, where it's like, I want to have a million-dollar life insurance policy so everybody can get a bunch of money when I die. I, my philosophy is that's not what life insurance is there for, and, and that's how I buy it. I buy it to make sure that you're taken care of for a period of time, that it pays off big bills and stuff because my income is no longer there for you. And so mm-hmm. there needs to be a time period that it supplies that income so that you can adjust your lifestyle, go find some other dude who's got money or whatever you want to do. I won't be here. <laughs> 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 and, yeah. um, and all that. So that's the way I look at it is I don't want to leave my family in a mess. And sometimes right. that means not leaving them a bunch of things to fight about. Right. And I think everyone should 
probably get a life insurance policy. We're not going to talk about whether you should get term life or whole life or any of that crap. But I think everybody should have a life insurance policy to at least cover their funeral. Right. That way, that burden is not put on someone else. Yep. I paid for my mom's funeral. Mm -hmm. I paid for my sister's funeral. Now, I didn't have to. I think y'all could have let the state take care of it or whatever. I don't know how all that works, but that responsibility fell on me. Mm -hmm. But I know some people can't afford life insurance. But the younger you get it, the cheaper it is. And And you can get type of insurance and all that. And and you can get a $10,000 policy, which is enough to cover a small funeral, right? And Mm -hmm. burial. Yes. Okay. So anyway, back to the stepkids and the wills. Let's play scenario here. Okay. All right. We've talked about how I don't have land to leave Jackson. Mm-hmm. I don't have a house to leave Jackson. Right. And it's not, when I say that, it's not that this isn't my house. But again, the whole family land plays into that. It's not a house we purchased together. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And even if it was a house we purchased together... If I died before you, I wouldn't say that you had to sell the house and give Jackson the money. That's stupid. Right. And yes, I said stupid because it's stupid. <laughs> but Jackson does have a biological parent that does have a house and land that more than likely Jackson will inherit. Mm-hmm. More than likely. Things change. We know that. But... If, say, Jackson didn't have the bio dad in the picture, and here it is that the only thing I have to leave Jackson is my 2013 Honda Accord and a small bit of a life insurance policy, but you have, I'm just going off scenarios here, hypothetically, you have 20 acres of land, a million-dollar house, and... A million-dollar life insurance policy. hmm And so if you died, that would be split amongst your kids. Is it unreasonable to think that Jackson would be getting slighted? I don't think it's unreasonable to think that. So how would a person overcome that feeling? Because like this woman posted, or like this person posted, is... She's the breadwinner. Her husband would be livid if she didn't leave something to her stepkids. I think there's a there's a difference in, I think, in the emotional aspect that I'm talking about. For example, she's saying livid. There's a difference between disappointed and livid. Right. Like, if if I'm looking at it saying, well, if it didn't happen, I can see where you would be disappointed. I can see where you would feel slighted. That's very different than I'm livid. Right. And so I'm just kind of taking the post at face value. I mean, for me, again, everything is is highly situational. So, for example, Jackson's been in my life and I've been in his since he was three. Mm -hmm. Just a sweet little baby. (laughs) If, for some reason, his dad was not in the picture and wasn't going to leave him anything, I think I would probably leave him something. Because- All right, but here's the question. If you just say, again, say mm-hmm. you had a million dollars that you were leaving. Okay. 
we'll take the house and land and all that stuff out of the picture, right? Sure. You got a million bucks. Sure. You got four kids and a stepson. Sure. You could leave your kids $230,000 a piece Mm -hmm. and leave Jackson whatever's left over. It's not going to be fair. No. Right? It it wouldn't be quote-unquote fair if that's what you're looking at it, but. Is it fair to your kids that instead of getting $250,000 a piece, that they only get $230,000 a piece because you're wanting to give Jackson something? You know what I'm saying? I think that my kids potentially could even look at it and say, I don't understand why my sibling got the same amount I got. Yes. Good point. Because sibling A is terrible with money. Sibling B is great with money. So why did the terrible sibling get the same amount as the good one? I could see that being an argument mm-hmm. and, and a valid one at that. It, right. It, it, it's complex. Again, I my feeling is you've got to figure out what you want to do with it. It's yours. As far as being fair, I don't know, man. Dude, I'm not going to be here. I don't really give a crap if you think it's fair or not. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I don't want to leave my family in turmoil either. No more than I have to. But right. I, but I, my experience has been, no matter how hard some families try to avoid that, it's still going to happen. Yeah, that's like my Uncle Ken passed away four years ago, I think it was. And he he was very wealthy. He had invested in Johnson & Johnson back in the 70s. I mean, he, he was very wealthy. He left a million dollars, a million dollars to the, um, I want to say the dog place. ASPCA? Help, yeah, like the SPCA or whatever. Yeah. I'm thinking, and he didn't leave us anything, right? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, dude. Help a brother thought, out. <laughs> yeah, the thought did cross my mind of even $1,000. That would have been appreciated. But then I started thinking, number one, it would have been, okay, if I leave Lori, I got to leave Courtney something. I got to leave Patty something. I got to leave Lisa something, Vicky something. Oh, well, what about Ray? And then you start going, well, what about their kids? And it gets so complicated. I think he did absolutely the right thing. Yeah, it's like. I tell you what, instead of me picking people to make to piss off or to not piss off necessarily, but uh, disappoint, instead yeah, of me picking, feel hurt. Yeah, then let me just do it to everybody, and that way it's quote unquote fair. Everybody can feel hurt, <laughs> mm-hmm. or yeah, or you can't. There's you can't look at somebody else in the family and say, oh, he he gave you something because nobody got anything, right? So, like even my aunts and uncles, my other aunts and uncles didn't get anything. Yeah. So, I mean, he was fair when nobody got nothing. Right. And and I don't know. I kind of like that way to do it. Yeah. For example, if you passed before me, I would probably do something similar to that. Like, I'm just going to give it all to charity, whatever charities I feel are are good ones, and be done with it. Again, I don't feel the need, personally, don't feel the need to have to give anything to my kids. It's not that they couldn't use it, and it's not that I won't leave them anything. But my philosophy is my job function was to give you a better start than I had. Go go do your thing. You know? Right. 
and and mm-hmm. I've and I've done that. Whether they take advantage of it or not is up to them. But there's so much. I think there's so much value in kind of scrapping your way to where you are versus being handed to you. I would rather my kids have to fight a little bit for whatever they end up with rather than have a handout. Yeah, and growing up, that's how my parents. That was their mentality. If I wanted something, they weren't going to hand it to me for sure. Like my first car, I didn't even get to pick out, but they pulled up in the driveway like here, this is what your payment is every month. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) I didn't even get to pick out the car, but you're telling me this is what my payment is. This is what my car insurance is, all this stuff, property taxes. And then I knew my friends, they didn't have to pay that stuff. So, yeah, I was a little jealous. Like, why are their parents paying it and mine not? And then I realized I was more appreciative. Mm-hmm. From well, the point that I was, y'all, I, I, this is going to sound crazy, but from the point of 16 years old, anything I had, I took care. I bought. Well, when you earn it, you're less likely to burn it. Right. Same thing with college. I declined a scholarship to a school that I because I didn't want to move <laughs> and decided to, to do something else. But I ended up paying for my college. Mm-hmm. My They didn't even pay for my books. And the books cost more than the college. You know that. <laughs> yeah. But what makes you mad is when you find out they pay for your niece's college. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Or a friend of theirs college. Yeah. Whole different podcast. Yeah. So as you can see, the... Ways that you can handle this are vast, but right. to answer the question of is it is it unreasonable for a, a biological parent to feel like their kid should get something from the step parent? I think it is by default. Doesn't mean you shouldn't have that. You know, well, you should have a conversation. Definitely, I do wonder yeah. though if and th- yeah, and I'm gonna say because I just thought about this. This is a conversation you should have before you get married. You should have it before you get engaged. Yeah. You should have it on the first date. <laughs> <laughs> That's what your son would do, one yeah. of them, the um, oldest triplet. <laughs> it, it definitely it definitely is. And, and we've talked before about coming up with some type of kind of Q&A that you really should go through before getting engaged. And, and there, there are other ones out there. I don't know if there's one specifically for step families, but there are definitely ones already out there for, you know, just getting married in general. Yeah, because we filled one out. Yes. So those are out there. So until we created one for step families, go find the one that's out there and, and at least start having these tough conversations about how you're going to handle these things early on and what are the expectations. Um, yeah, but we really need to do that, David, because the more we know that when we fill that out, out of a hundred questions, we had one that was different. So we're thinking, oh, this is going to be a breeze. Mm-hmm. But reality was we were not a nuclear family. Yeah. There are, Aspects of the conversation that we didn't have because we didn't know that we needed to have them. Right. We didn't know. We didn't know. Exactly. I do wonder, though, in the case of the poster on Facebook, if the tables were turned, would that person, I guess it's the guy. So if the guy was the one that had all the money, would he still have that same mentality? And would she still have that same mentality? Yeah. And plus, she's got... She's got two kids. He's got one. So that means that she would have to give away more of her stuff to his kids because there's two and to her own. Right. And again, say she had $100,000 and 
And she said, I'm going to give my kid 50 and his kids 25 apiece. Mm-hmm. He'd probably still be livid. And yep. then like, there's, there is, there are so many factors. Like you said, if Jackson's dad wasn't in the picture and Jackson wasn't going to get anything, then you might would leave Jackson something. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I probably would. But now, I, I say that now, would I have said that 10 years ago? I don't know that I would have. Right. It just depends. It would depend. Right. I think it depends on the relationship I have with him. It depends on the relationship yep. I have with you. Mm-hmm. Just everything. Everything. And, and Jackson has no expectation that I'm going to leave him anything. Well, I've told Jackson to have no expectation that anybody's going to ever do anything for him. <laughs> well, that's true. That's a, probably a good way to look at it. And he's learning that that's the best way to look at it. Yeah. But I've told even my own parents, I've told them, look, you do with do with your stuff what you will. Don't try to save up money to lead to me. Like if you want to go travel, if you want to burn through every bit of money you've got, then do it. I don't need you to leave me anything. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to leave me anything. I want you to have a fulfilled life. You've busted your tail to have whatever you've got, no matter how small or how large it is. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to leave me anything. I don't care if it's. And of course, on the flip side of that, don't leave me a mess either. Right. You know, I'm more concerned that you're leaving me a mess than I'm, that you're leaving me anything else. Now, I will say, I'm going to add something to this. I have asked my dad to leave his house to me. Reason being is that is his best option. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Read between the lines, people. <laughs> <laughs> but. And, you know, I have really good memories there. I love the location of the house. The house itself, I would probably completely gut and redo if I ever did live there. But say, for instance, if David died, I wouldn't probably want to stay in Lancaster because this is his family land. I, this isn't where I grew up. Well, you, I would want to go back to where I grew up. You bring up a good point, and I'm hope, don't let me derail you, so hold your Bookmark there. Oh, you know I'm derailed already. Go ahead. But if I were to if I were to die today, you die. Let's say 20 years from now. If I die today, you get the house. Now you mm-hmm. have the ability at that point to say, "I'm going to leave this house to Jackson now." Yeah, and then a flipping thing I can do about it. Unless in your will you stipul- stipulated that you were that I was allowed to live in the house until my death, and then the house would be sold and the money split between your kids. Right. But and y'all, I'm telling you, we could have a five-hour conversation about this. When my mom died, we learned a lot about the way that the trust was set up for my niece and nephew. It wasn't necessarily set up right. There were some gray areas. And so you really need to make sure that you go to an attorney. Don't do this online, online crap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go to an attorney, and then if you are planning on leaving a trust or an inheritance or anything like that, go to an estate planning attorney, too. Not just Mr. Joe down the road that just does normal wheels. Yeah. And it's not a bad idea to have them reviewed periodically because sometimes— Like, I need to have mine changed. Yeah. Well, sometimes laws change. And they right. handle things differently. You know, if you if you did a will, let's say you did a will in the 80s, then th- th- there's things that are different now. Like, 
Right. Before then, you didn't have things like the HIPAA disclosure forms to fill out and some of the medical things like that. That wasn't a thing in the 80s like it is now. So if, if you've got one that's really old, then have it reviewed. Right. Well, not just that, but things change. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And there's a lot of times that happens where people, oh, I intended. <laughs> Once I get a chance, I'm going to go and I'm going to change my will. Well, you think mine was done when Jackson was five. Yeah. There's some stuff in there that's irrelevant now. Oh, let me let me bring this up, too. Oh, I, I, yeah. You don't derail me good. Uh, let, me, let me bring this up, too. If if you had somebody who was the previous person in your will or the previous beneficiary of your insurance policies, like an ex, be sure to get that changed. Immediately. I know of more than one person that personally had their ex get all their stuff after years after they were divorced mm-hmm. because they didn't change the beneficiary and they didn't change the will. What a right. terrible thing to figure out. <laughs> and the beneficiary, you can't dispute. No. A will you can dispute under certain circumstances. Yeah. For instance, and this is my understanding, it may have changed. Say my mom left something to my sister, both of my sisters, but left me out. I could dispute that. Mm-hmm. No, that's my understanding. Now, she could have left my sisters a million dollars apiece and left me a dollar, and I couldn't dispute it. Hmm. Now, for those wondering, you are, at this point in time, and from my understanding, a stepkid cannot dispute a will of a step-parent. Yeah, I don't know of any They might could try, but it's not going to go anywhere. Right. Because that step-parent has no legal obligation or legal ties to the kid. Yeah. Right? Which which should be a little, you know, wake-up call for some people. Right. <laughs> These are my kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, to go back to my thing before David derailed me about my dad's house— do I plan on moving, me and David moving back to my dad's house? No, David ain't going to move there. Mm-mm. No. But if David died, yeah, I'd probably want to move there. That's where my friends are. That's where it's closer to stuff. It's not in Lancaster. Um, <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> and it's not on his family land. But really, I want that more for my son to have. Now, granted, would he ever live there? I don't know. It's almost like a backup plan in case something happens and he doesn't inherit anything from his dad. Yeah. I think, too, there's some personal aspects to that. I won't go deeper into it, but I think that your son's been overlooked a lot in Mm -hmm. life from his family. Because I'm a good mom. Yeah, really. It's, well, you're doing okay for yourself. You You don't need... X, Y, Z. And sometimes that even means you don't need us to visit. <laughs> yeah. So I can see you have a different viewpoint about some of this stuff based on that lens. Right. And yes. I'm completely respectful of that. Mm-hmm. You know, we often joke about calling dibs. <laughs> yeah, we do. That is a family joke from everybody. <laughs> so even at Christmas, if David's mom gets something that I like, 
I could say dibs. Yeah, which means when you die, I get it. <laughs> yeah, when you die, I get it. But I know with your grandmother, people were going around putting post-it notes on stuff. Oh, God. Yes. Of stuff they wanted, like the refrigerator. Y'all, when people die or are near death, people go crazy. Yeah. Now, I will say, when my grandmother died, my dad, the only thing he got, which he got kind of crapped out on that, not that she had any money or anything, but he didn't live in the same city. So the siblings that lived in the same city, they went through everything in her house and got what they wanted. Yeah. And then they call him and go, okay, come get what you want. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then they had a yard sale and didn't tell us. Oh, God. <laughs> so my dad got the rocking chair he gave my granny. And he got her mother's quilting sewing machine and gave it to me. But that's it. And I remember saying, I wish I could have gotten the thing I made her out of leaves. Because I know she had it. It was in her top drawer in the spare bedroom. But they trashed it because it was nothing. It had no value. To Yeah, to them. To them. And I didn't even know about the yard sale. So stuff like that, be prepared for people to go crazy. But you know what? It's like David said, you did. It don't matter. They can be mad at you if they want. They can be hurt if they want, but they can't change it. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know that I've ever read your will. I don't know if you've ever read mine. I do need to go back through it, you know, especially having this conversation, because I know that I, I went and had it changed, you know, after the divorce. Right. I don't know. I don't know that I had it changed after we got married. I want to think I did, but I need to verify that. Like, I don't want to just assume. Right. It's been so well, long ago. I need to, I actually need to pull that out and just to be sure. Yeah. Well, and again, again, y'all, we can make this a four hour discussion. But when I did my will, I also did the living will, the power of attorney, the, I guess the living will is like, don't put me on life support crap or something. You really need to do all that because it will take care of things and not put your significant other in a situation where they feel like they're killing you. Yeah. You know, now that I think about it, um, I did have my will reviewed. Remember Chris Lady? I yeah, had him review that, it. So, he's, the, yeah. he's the attorney that was on our um, one of the courses in the academy. Right. Yeah. So now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I did take it to him, let him review it. In which there were things he suggested that I that I do. And it wasn't like change the 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 will and put people in or take people out is more like you know nowadays you need to have this thing in place and you probably need to change this wording a little bit so that you don't have an issue with it it's things like that so again getting it just get it reviewed is a, is a great idea right and then again don't do like my mama did she would get mad now she had a will but in our state, wills are not filed with the court until the person dies, mm -hmm. which is crazy to me. But she had a will. But things like her jewelry, the clock I got, that stuff was written on notebook paper. <laughs> yeah. But I found 50 different pieces of notebook paper. And if you look at it, it depended on who she was mad at. <laughs> so if I made her mad... It decreased what I got. <laughs> if my sister made her mad, it increased what I got. 
Yeah. I had a, a friend of mine that passed recently and, um, you know, the, the attorney can't say a whole lot, but I could tell based on some comments that he, even though he had a will, he, he still had a mess to deal with. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know the details. I know when he was alive, he told me that he was leaving a vast majority of his possessions or money. I don't know sure which he had to the, the local university. Mm-hmm. Now, did he actually have that in his will or did he have that written down on paper? I don't know. Right. But I do know, I thought he had his ducks in a row based on some conversations I had with him. But his attorney, you know, basically said, it's a mess. And right. I'm like, wow, I really thought he had it, you know, figured out. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what that meant. It's just that, unfortunately, the people that are here to deal with everything else, and in addition to grieving, you also have to end up fighting with family members and people who just come out of the woodwork. Right. And then, even if there's a will, things have to go through probate. Mm-hmm. Which is also confusing. But anyway, we bring this up because this is something that needs to be addressed. Again, prior to even being engaged, like David said, but definitely before getting married. Or, okay, what if David and I weren't married? Then I have no legal claims to anything. And if he died without a will, guess what? Lori ain't got nowhere to live. Mm-hmm. His parents or whoever it would default to. Actually, I think it would default to your oldest son. Yes, probably. So if your parents were dead, it would default to your oldest son, and he could say, Lori, you got to get out. Mm -hmm. And he would. (laughs) (laughs) If he knew that was a possibility. Now, see, that's the other thing. A lot of times people don't know what they can do and where that authority is going to lie. So this is definitely something that needs to be addressed. And we suggest if it has not been addressed with you and your partner, have it addressed and go talk to an estate attorney. Yeah. And I, and I don't think the attorney is going to tell you, well, you shouldn't leave anything to your step. No, they don't, no. You know, they don't care about that. So you're not going to be able to get them involved in the, the discussion about that. You might need to go to a therapist to talk about that stuff. <laughs> yeah, you might. You might. Really, because we can see, I mean, and you can tell from even David and I talking about it, different scenarios would actually change how we think about it. Mm-hmm. And different scenarios have changed how I look at things like my dad's house. Yeah. But, but I don't, what doesn't change my mind is the expectation. Like, I don't, I don't believe that there should be an expectation that my kids will get anything from you. I don't know that any anything would change that. Not saying I wouldn't feel slighted or disappointed. I'm just saying the default expectation that you should give something to my kids, I don't have. And I don't think there would be anything that would cause me to have that. But I can only speak to what is real, not what's imaginary. Like, you really not don't have $10 million to leave me? So, <laughs> you know, I can't speak on that. Right. You know, appreciated it would be, expected it would, it would not be. That's a good way to look at it. And on that note, we're ending this conversation. 
All right, folks, thanks for joining us. Hope this brought you some value. Be sure to share it out and uh, leave us a review and a like and anything else you can do. We appreciate it. Plus, it helps other people find it when you do that. So thanks very much for what you do. And remember, life is good when you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.